Welcome to Hate Change, the podcast where we question the truth and find happiness in new realities. My name is Anne Therese, and I'm so excited to have you here on this journey with me. So now, let's get ready to embrace some change. Hey guys, and welcome back to Hey Change. Today we're talking to Graham Hill from Life Edited about how to downsize our lives and why we need to rethink the way we build, furnish, and share our homes. The future is in our hands, people, and changing the way we live doesn't have to be about sacrificing the joy of life. So right now, get ready to be inspired to live yours with a little less impact than before. Without further ado, this is Graham Hill from Life Edited. All right, guys, welcome back to Hey Change and welcome to Graham. I'm so excited to chat with you today and I'm very curious to learn more about you and your business, which I must say is a very interesting one. So please just start by telling us what it is that you do at Life Edited. Thanks. Um, So Life Edited, our, our basic belief is that with smart design technology and perhaps a little bit of behavior change that we can design and create smaller lives and that these lives are going to save you some money. I'm going to lower your footprint footprint drastically and that a simpler life is a happier life. And so um, we're, we've done a bunch of architecture. So design for, we've done a bunch of our own projects, also done some work for developers. Um, we've also done some of our own sort of real estate development. Um, and then we've done a lot of sort of writing and talking and sort of interviewing and just sort of evangelizing uh, the, the general idea. So are you an architect or do you help people design or are you just coming up with inspiration? Like, how does it work? Um, so I have a background in design. I, I have seven years of design school, five in architecture, two in product design. So it's a pretty design uh, central company. Um, we also have two designers in Romania that we've worked with for a very long time. And so, yeah, so definitely a bunch of design. And then, um, you know, it's real estate. So often you bring partners in. And, um, Ross, Joao, wears, wears many hats. But so there's you know, project management and and all the things a normal business would have, accounting and legal and and. <laughs> Gotta toss that in there too. But okay, I just want to get like a really set, clear picture of what you guys do. But just give us an idea then, like what do you mean by a smaller life? So it, it depends where you live in the world, but in the US in particular, we've really supersized ourselves over the last half a century or so. And so everything has grown. We've got um, bigger portion sizes. The, the Coke used to be eight ounces, sort of average, now it's 20. We've got bigger cars, you know, huge SUVs. We have, and we have huge houses um, to the point where the average uh, new housing start is about 2,700 square feet, while back in the 50s it was around 1,000, and that's with smaller families. And so we have pretty much three times the amount of space per person, um, yet at the same time we've learned to shop like crazy. Um, big box stores, online shopping, um, big houses to put stuff in, 
um, uh, people learning to make stuff really, really uh, inexpensively and learning how to really market very well. And so we've become really outrageous shoppers. And so even though we have triple the amount of space in terms of our housing, um, we still have a $22 billion personal storage industry. And so we not only, besides having th three times the space, we need more space on top of that to store all, all of our stuff. And so um, all that would be fine if it sort of worked for us, but we're not any happier than we were back then. We have a lot more debt um, than we used to. And so, um, and then our, we use about four times as much energy. And so our environmental footprints are also much, much larger. And so I just, I don't think it's working for us. And um, I also also think if you just take a, a very simple example and, and look at Europe where the average house size is more like a thousand square feet. So, you know, roughly a third, a half to a third. Um, you know, most of us in the U.S. aren't don't look at Europe and go, oh, those poor Europeans and their terrible lifestyles that like we have. We understand that it can be a, a good way of life over there. And so. Um, we're basically saying, hey, we've uh, we've just we've pursued this bigger is better, um, supersizing kind of approach, and it's really not working for us. Um, and there's a better way to do it. So, um, you know, if you're smart about how you design your home and and think about the furniture you put into it, and 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 you choose carefully your possessions try to get more versatile stuff and just really be really conscious about what you bring into your life that you can you can get a, a nicely organized smaller life that really has the stuff that's important for you um, saves you money reduces your footprint um, and so that's what we're trying to say I honestly personally love that I remember watching the minimalists on Netflix and it just hit me right at the spot I was like yes it makes so much sense that we have this false idea that the more the better mm -hmm. and we just keep like accumulating more stuff and wanting to buy more things and always has to be new, new, new. And I remember when I had, like I was forced into just letting go of my, like my entire home because I moved from Sweden to United States and obviously you can't really bring that much on an airplane, but yeah. it was such a freeing feeling to mm. just understand that it's only material. Like I don't <laughs> actually need all this stuff in my life and suddenly I was just so free. And now when I'm rebuilding my home over here, I'm really trying to be intentional with like, what do we actually need? I think you guys are totally onto something. And if you were to just describe it in like a one sentence, what would you say is the definition of an eco-friendly house? An eco-friendly house, you know, I think, um, I think we have only so many resources to go around. Um, and so, you know, if we're gonna, we need to sort of live Sustain, living sustainably basically means living in a way that you're going to be able to continue living. And, um, you know, most of us aren't doing that. So I think, you know, the true definition of uh, an eco house would just be one that's done in a sustainable manner. So it basically has, you know, little to no, no impact or even positive impact. Like that, that's sort of the ideal. And so, you know, the way that we look at it is that one of the first things you want to do is just make it smaller because making it smaller makes it greener. The, every less cubic foot that you have that you have to build out of materials, they have to fill full of stuff, that you have to heat, that you have to cool, that you have to clean, 
etc., 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 is just makes it easier. And so, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, co- it's just common sense. You know, if it's 2,000, 2,000 square foot place versus a thousand square foot place, you know, one of them's probably going to cost twice as much and use twice as much energy to heat and cool. And so if you can make it smaller and yet get, get you what you want, then you're good. And so a lot of the stuff that we, we do, this is a lot longer than it sounds. Um, a lot of the stuff that we do is just super inefficient. You know, how many living rooms do you need? <laughs> we just like, we'll have like a media room. Like what's a, why do you have a media room and a living room? It just seems, yeah, it's just like, it just doesn't make any sense. And what we call some of the rooms museum rooms. And I think you know, like you're, you're the formal dining room is probably one of those. And you know, it's just, why have a, a, a Buckminster Fuller talked about this, you know, half a century ago. It's it's like it, it, that that we we only spend a third of our lives in our bedroom, and and you know we should think about that. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense. Empty space is good for nobody, and so you know trying to live in smaller spaces and live in spaces that transform, so you can get more bang for your buck, makes sense financially, it makes sense environmentally. So. So an eco house is about you know the, the size and and the, the the energy that it uses and the materials that it's made out of and just trying to have it have zero to positive impact zero impact or maybe a little impact if 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 over time um, it can all sort of self regulate but yeah it's basically having a low impact house. Yeah, I was actually going to get to that question. Does it matter what kind of materials you use? Like, what would you say are better ones over, like, some that it's not eco-friendly? I mean, I think uh, Bill McDonough's, um, Bill McDonough and uh, Michael Baumgart, Baumgarten, Baumgartner, I can't remember, um, the cradle-to-cradle cradle guys, um, I think, are pretty smart on that front. And so they sort of break the world into two parts. One are technical nutrients and one are biological nutrients. And so the idea is that each of those are, are in nice cycles. And so I think, you know, having having stuff like wood that can, can you know, you can put on the compost heap and it will, re, you know, recycle itself. Um, and then having technical nutrients, which might be some kind of plastic or metal that can be um, re, easily recycled and, and, and create used to create other products and ideally not ones that are of lesser value but um, i think that's a pretty beautiful way to go and so if you looked at the world uh, of materials in your house that way i think that would be a good good way to go so you know i tend to like i think wood's an incredible material it's also a carbon sink and so if you can build uh, a lot of your house out of wood i think in general that's that's um, pretty great if there's sustainable forestry practices and um, they're doing some incredible work in wood these days where they're building these, um, like Romberg in Austria are building like 10 story built wood buildings. And, and I think they're actually some quite, a, quite a lot larger than that. So wood's a pretty incredible material. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's like embodied energy, you know, how much, what does it take to, to go and get that material and then manu- manufacture it? Uh, and transport it and then you know use it in a place and then disassemble and recycle it you know how, how much energy is that and some some things are way more energy than others and so i think you want to try to shoot for low body energy in general 
so um, it's complicated. It's a complicated question, but um, well, there's like no black and white. Like with everything, I feel the most amazing part of the house that you make, and I've seen the videos, is literally you can turn a little box of an apartment into a living room, a bedroom, and a kitchen, and a hangout area. Um, do you want to just give some examples to the listeners of things that you like? How you create through design more mm-hmm. space in a very tiny space? If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so you know, I think that like looking at eco housing materials are important, but you know, the, the over the lifetime of the building, materials will be part of it. The energy is, I think, going to be the big part of it, and so you know, good insulation and and smart use of, of windows and you know prevailing winds and sun and thinking about all those things, uh, and then a great you know where you get your energy from. Those are going to be things that have a big impact. Um, what we do um, often, so like LE1 was our first apartment. The, the main idea there was 420 square feet. And basically there's one big, big room, like a, as big a room as you'd find in you know, huge houses. Um, but the difference um, in our, our case is that that room transforms into various different functions easily and then within each function, it just feels right. It doesn't feel like you're sort of in some substandard um, space. And so um, in that one, in the, it's interesting not having images doing this. In the, in the living room format, there's a nice L couch. And it's just, you know, it feels like you're in this nice big living room. Um, then for the, for the bed, uh, bedroom, uh, uh, resource furniture Murphy bed folds down over the couch that I just mentioned. And so all of a sudden you have a nice big bedroom. Um, and if, if you, uh, there's also a moving wall that um, comes out from one, one of the sides and that uh, divides the space in two. And then the ends can be capped with curtains that magnet to the ends. And so you end up having two rooms and behind, uh, hidden behind that moving wall, when you pull the moving wall out, um, are another resource furniture Murphy bed set, except these are two bunk beds that just fold out of the wall. And so all of a sudden you have a, a guest bedroom and there's also a little desk that folds down. So that can be a separate office. And then also in the sort of general living room format, we have a, a sort of a cool stand-up desk where this drawer pulls out um, to, to, and inside of it is the keyboard and the mouse and all that. And there's a nice adjustable big monitor. And so then it becomes the office. And so, um, and then we have a hidden uh, table, also by Resource Furniture. This um, it was called the Goliath. It's really cool. It's like it's only like maybe 16 inches wide uh, or deep. Anyway, you pull it out and it stretches. Um, and then we have like four or five different um, table leaves that we, and then stacking chairs in this closet. And so we're able to uh, have a sit-down dinner for 10 in the same space. So. To sort of summarize, that one big room is, is really nicely done, nice wood floors and uh, beautiful white um, cabinetry and all that. Um, and it's a living room, it's a bedroom, it's a big dining room, it's a big office, it's even at some point a master bedroom and a guest bedroom. So all that within this one space. I think that's so cool. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Ikea, but they have those like show rooms. 
where mm-hmm. they show you verses like how you could like furnish a space of whatever square feet and like oh there's a bunk bed and there's a desk underneath it whatever and i always felt that so fascinating this is like a n- another level of that mm-hmm. it's just amazing what you can do with that space if you're just being a little bit creative and like work with design and technology or whatever so i i mean this might be a dumb question but do you think it's important that people start rethinking the way to live and build their homes um, like, do you think we're going to hit a point soon where we don't even have a choice anymore than to do so? I mean, I don't like to preach, but clearly, you know, we're, we are living beyond our means, you know, many of us financially, but all of us environmentally. I mean, maybe not all, all of us, but, you know, like we, you know, the average American uses like, you know, needs, if everyone was an American, we need like four Earths have everything pencil out and so yeah i think we're you know this is something that really needs to and really should happen and um but yeah well we'll, what will happen um i don't know i I mean i hope (laughs) i hope we figure figure a lot of things out and are able to make some big changes but you know we you can see what's happening and and uh, it'll probably be more of that and worse you know we're we're getting a lot of crazy weather. Um, you know, the the globe is warming. The oceans are rising. We're killing everything in the ocean. We're, you know, it doesn't it it doesn't look good. I don't think. Uh, yeah, there's definitely definitely a lot of work to do. And our our buildings are a huge part of our footprints. And the beautiful thing about our buildings is it, there's actually just normal, everyday, boring technologies and things we can do to drastically reduce our footprints. And so, you know, there, there's there's a lot that can, can be done right now. We just need the you know the political will and maybe the the citizen will to to make it happen. Well, I think they're actually. There's a movement coming from two ends, like what we just talked about. We kind of are pushed into doing something because the oceans are rising and the weather are changing. But then also, like we talked about in the beginning, as a consumer, we're starting to realize that, hey, I don't need as much as I thought I do. And actually, on the other end, I can feel a lot happier, freer, less stressed, just like minimizing my everyday life and like really like trying to take I guess just like downsizing my home and my life in general. Like that goes for my closet, the stuff I own. Um, even think like to take it a step further and the stuff we do. Like we don't have to do everything. And I keep reminding myself that if you can just small, like like downsize your life a little bit, it's easier to really be in the moment and enjoy the small things. And I think the same goes with the home and a, an apartment. So I uh, I do think we're gonna hit. A time soon where we're starting to realize that or if we are haven't already realizing that we need to change the way we live and i'm just grateful that there are companies out there like yours that are helping us see or provide us with an alternative to how we live today so what would you say is like one of the most redundant thing that people have in their homes today if you were to pick something redundant things um hmm. well we talked about redundant space there's certainly there's certainly some redundant sort of places to eat and places to sit and hang out. Um, you know, I probably diff- different air, different areas. I mean, the kitchen probably has a ton of redundant things. 
Um, fashion, I mean, how many pairs of jeans do you really need? We certainly all have a ton of redundancy there. Um, but for some reasons, it's hard for us to let stuff go, even though that that particular shirt, particular pants, you haven't, you haven't worn them <laughs> for 28 months. Um, so there's probably, I mean, I think pretty much any area that you look at, there'll be a bunch of redundancy. So for anyone who's listening who wants to start downsizing their life and their home, what would you say is a good place to start? I think it's whatever you are drawn to. You know, I think uh, the Mary Kondo stuff, I think, is great. Um, but, yeah, like pick, you know, sports gear, tools, fashion, kitchen, um, you know, books, furniture. I don't know. Just pick an area that you're that you're drawn to and 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 start there. And I think it's you know it's it's fairly simple. There's probably a yes, no, maybe piles. Um, you know, yes, you're going to keep. No, you're going to get rid of. Whether it's donating, recycling, selling, disposing of. Um, yeah, yes, you're going to keep. And then um, have a maybe pile for the stuff you can't quite seem to let go of. And that, I, my recommendation there is just take a box, put it in a box, and then write the date on it, and then maybe decide to check back in three months or six months. And if you haven't actually got, had to go back to that box to pull anything out of it, then I think your answer is pretty clear. Um, and if you have, then maybe you end up keeping some of those things because you, you, you do actually need them. But I think um, for the most part, you prob probably won't. I mean, I think all, many of us, and I'm included, you know, you go to move and there's that there's that thing or that box of stuff that you haven't looked at since the last time you moved. So how important is it? Yeah, I think something that I learned from another guest recently is that in your closet, you hang all your hangers in one way. And then as soon as you wear something, you switch it. And so pretty soon you're going to realize what kind of clothes you're wearing and what's just hanging there. Um, so that's a good trick also to just kind of like get it like, like black on white, like, oh, wow, I haven't worn that shirt in like, what, six months now? Maybe I'm not as attached as I thought I was. So yeah, I think there are like tips and tricks to do. I sometimes, I think knowing that it's going to be hard, um, and then also realizing how amazing it feels afterwards anyways. And also maybe like to start thinking about as when you're consuming, like you really need all this new stuff. Do you really need to get the newest phone just because it just came out? Or do you actually have to buy another pair or whatever it might be? Um, I think slowing down consumerism and at the same time slowly starting to downsize your life and give away and to find a new home for the things you don't want. Just don't throw it out because <laughs> that's not serving any purpose. But yeah, it's an art. And I think there's a lot of books out there. Like one is uh, Essentialism. Mm -hmm. which is a great one. It doesn't really talk about stuff in general, but he gives some examples, and that's kind of a good um, just guideline to follow. But yeah, thank you so much for that. And um, what would you say is the house of the future? How would you describe it? No, I, 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 mean, I think there are a lot of interesting ideas. I, I think Stuart Brand uh, wrote a book back in, I think, the early 90s called How Buildings Learn. And, and the, one of the premise, maybe the basic premise of it, is that we that, that, that architecture we view architecture as static and it's anything but static. Like as soon as people move into a place, they begin to change it, to renovate, to like buildings just change and change and change. And so uh, if, if one was smart, one would actually plan for that. And I think, I think that 
idea is, is a big one and is only more relevant now. Um, things, neighborhoods, everything just changes so rapidly. So I really think that buildings that were made with more of an erector set sort of idea that allow, uh, allow for more flexibility um, would be really smart because um, it, would, it would really reduce a lot of waste. And, you know, things change so quickly, all of a sudden, it's like, you, you know, you're, there's a piece of land, like, you know, you may want to build the single, may make sense to build that single family home now, but if it's going to be in, a, if, if really there's going to be so much density and it needs to be an apartment, apartment building in like 15 years, then does the single family home really make any sense? And you're just going to bulldoze it down and then build a whole nother new building. So I think um, really flexible buildings that can change, that can, um, you know, maybe add add on so that uh, as as you, you know, so say it's a single person, then all of a sudden they're a couple and then all of a sudden they have a kid and then their parents come to live with them because they're getting old and then the kid leaves and like like everything sort of shifts shifts around and and different areas get more dense and less dense and so i think some real flexibility and modularity would be would be really smart um and yeah i think we could of course i think we can do a lot more with a lot less space and um i don't know i sort of feel like also that uh we should probably be more open to furnished places and um like the idea of owning a couch for a 22 year old to sort of own a couch just seems a little bit crazy except move it around and then it doesn't fit in the next place and it just seems like it would be a lot simpler if um more people rented in general and more people rented sort of furnished places and and um and then I think there's a lot of absolute no-brainer technologies. Like it's just ways to open and close parts of your house and just, you know, use sensors and, and the like. So, you know, if, if no one's in a room, it, does, it doesn't need to be heated or cooled or lit or anything. It should be like using no energy. Um, and it's just sort of, and it's crazy that we, we don't live that way. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of design to be brought and a lot of technology to be brought. Um, and I think we could be living in much, much smarter homes that are much more flexible and that, you know, really you want to look at it over the life, the life cycle of that building. And uh, if we really acknowledge how um, not static architecture is, then we might design in, in very uh, different ways and allow us to build um of sort of life cycle costs of a building that are significantly lower than they are now. There's um, a city in Sweden, Gothenburg. At their university there, they're like actually experimenting with kind of like the buildings you're talking about, but I think more so about the common space in the building. And they've made, um, I read an article about this like last year, and they made um, the laundry like part of the building like super cool to hang out in. And so they're encouraging people to instead of you having everyone having their individual laundromat or uh, washing machines and dryer machines in their own apartments to actually use a common space. And so I think you had like launching chairs and like charges for iPhones, whatever. So like that's another thing to think about. Like how can we be better at just living as a community like amongst each other and not just have my own thing. Like this is mine. Um, so definitely what you're talking about. And then 
yeah. uh, about the um, the furniture. There's a new company too called Feather, and they um, they rent furniture like I think on a six months to like a year basis or more. And so instead of like like you said, having to buy stuff all the time, you can just rent a couch or a lamp or like a whole set for an apartment. Because many people today, they might go to a city and work there for a year or two and then they're moving again. And like to move cross country in America, like that's a big move. And yeah. just a lot of pain having to like drag a couch around, like you just said, so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So uh, I mean, part, so part of the concept there is just um, getting better at sharing. And I think um, you know you, you've seen that happen, whether it's Airbnb or Lyft. Like these are are basically new businesses using technology and just just smart smart way smart thinking in order to more effectively share things. And so I think that we will see more and more and more of that. And it just it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think you know if 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 we started over, um, hotels might not exist. You know, they just, in a way, they don't make sense because we, we, and, and certainly these days, enough of us sort of move around and travel that that's you know a whole bunch of people are leaving one city and going to another city, and so all of their spaces are sitting empty. And so, you know, if, 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 if hotels hadn't existed and Airbnb had come along, then it just would be Airbnb. We just would be more efficiently sharing our resources. And then that would be really smart. And I feel also it's just more fun to live in someone else's home. It's more homey, obviously, than hotel. So yeah. I'm all for Airbnbs. All right, Graham, it's been so good chatting with you. And thanks for giving yeah. some insights into the future of our homes and kind of how to think about downsizing our lives and to be more eco-friendly and futuristic in that sense. And I would love to just wrap up with my final three questions. Yeah. Uh, before that, though, please tell us how we can find you or like check out your videos or if you want to maybe reach out and design a house through you guys. What's your website? Do you have social media? Give it. Sure. Uh, our website's lifeedited.com, and on there we have a newsletter you can sign up for. We also have we're also on Instagram. I think it's at lifeedited. I'm at mr graham hill, Mr. Graham Hill on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So my final three questions. Number one: What are the most positive news you've heard about the environment and our planet lately? So, I mean, I think a couple of really positive things. I think that the rapid electrification of the automobile has been really exciting. Like all of it, it has become, and, and in great part, thanks to Tesla, it's become very aspirational and very cool. And, you know, like there are a whole bunch of companies. Like I think Volvo is committing like 20, by 2022, 2020, that all of their vehicles are going to be electric. Like, it's that, that's moving really quickly. So I think that's terrific. Um, I also think um, there's some been some really exciting news on the renewables front. Like there are periods when I think it was like was the UK used like 30, 40 percent renewables last year or something, and like different companies, different countries are having like m many days in a row where they're 100 percent renewable and. So the whole you know surge in solar and surge in wind and all that is is really exciting and, and positive. You know I think it was the organic food is a, a nice a nice sign. Um, it'd be nice if we um, saw that extend to other areas a little bit more. 
but yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, electrification in general and just tons of renewables is, is really exciting. For sure. So if you were to pick one person, anyone, who could call you tomorrow and say that he or she wants to have an eco-home built through you, who would that person be and why? So, I mean, I think I would want someone with influence. Like that would be the most exciting to me. Like I, I like change and I'm like trying to set a good example and, you know, I want, I want change in the world, positive change in the world. So, so <laughs> I think a good, a good person there would be Donald Trump. <laughs> wow. Yep. Okay. I did not see that one coming to be completely <laughs> honest with you, but yeah, I mean, I like that attitude. That's definitely positive change right there. Anyone can change. That's always saying. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be like, that would be, uh, you know, it'd be the kind of thing, like, for the Democrats, it would be like, well, I mean, even Trump, even Trump's into this. And and for the Republicans, many of them who are sort of against this stuff, I think it would be also just, okay, maybe this is worth sort of looking at. And so I think he would actually be a very powerful, very powerful uh, uh, influence for for both both sides in a way. Um, and so I think that would be, that's, you know, being a little cheeky, but I, I, but I, I do think like if, if, if it just seems sort of no brainer to everyone, then it could be a non-issue. I, I love it. I love the answer. And I am helping you manifest it right now. Right. I believe in Trump. <laughs> I don't know. I just said that, but let's see him make some change in this world, like positive change. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So my final question, and given the profession that you have chosen for yourself, which is like building awesome houses, I assume that you are a true eco warrior. So tell us, what is that drives the engine inside you to want to keep going? Like, what is that that gives you hope for the future? You know, I think I think humans uh, uh, do amazing things when they're <laughs> when their backs are against the wall. I guess. So, you know, I'm hoping that we we can figure our way out of this one. You know, I don't think we're acting very responsibly and haven't been for quite a long time. But we we do have an incredible ability to come up with incredible things. And so, you know, I think let's let's see it and hopefully we can we can pull out of this and we haven't had sort of too much long term we haven't created too much long term damage. Um so yeah, I think I'm 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 hoping uh, I'm hoping our scientists and our entrepreneurs, our politicians and our citizens can all sort of come together and and uh, figure out new ways of living that allow us to live sustainably and therefore have our you know, race continue on and not join the 99.8 percent of all species that have gone extinct. Thank you again for tuning in today. I'm super excited to have you with me on this journey of change. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes. And if you have a minute over, please leave a quick review and some stars. Thank you. I'm also to be found on Instagram via the hashtag HeyChange or on my website, HeyChange.net. So please follow me and we can be friends. All right. Until next time, have an awesome day and don't forget to get out there and embrace some change.